Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Judges 20 and 1. So all the children of Israel came out from Dan to Beersheba, as well as from the land of Gilead. And the congregation gathered together as one man before the Lord at Mizpah. And the leaders of all the people, all the tribes of Israel, presented themselves in the assembly of the people of God, 400,000 foot soldiers who drew the sword. Now the children of Benjamin heard that the children of Israel had gone up to Mizpah. Then the children of Israel said, tell us, how did this wicked deed happen? So the Levite, the husband of the woman who was murdered, answered and said, My concubine and I went into Gibeah, which belongs to Benjamin, to spend the night. And the men of Gibeah rose against me and surrounded the house at night because of me. They intended to kill me, but instead they ravished my concubine so that she died. So I took hold of my concubine, cut her in pieces, and sent her throughout all the territory of the inheritance of Israel, because they committed lewdness and outrage in Israel. Look, all of you children of Israel, give your advice and cancel here and now. He's mad. He's very upset. And so every tribe showed up except the Benjamites. They all showed up except the Benjamites. How do we know this? (laughs) Observation. Look at verse 3. It says, the Benjamites heard that Israel went up. Well, we heard about it. They didn't see it for themselves, but they heard about it. They decided not to show up. Now, this whole thing's about the Benjamites, and you don't even go. Now, I can imagine how infuriating it probably was for the other 11 tribes to take notice that after hearing this report, to take notice that there are no Benjamite representatives that are even there. It's like, oop, I'm in trouble. I'm sneaking out. You know, I'm going out the back door. That makes it look like they're actually harboring, like they're protecting and approving of the criminals that raped and murdered this guy's wife. Doesn't look good for the Benjamites. Judges 20 and 8. So all the people arose as one man, saying, None of us will go to his tent, nor will any turn back to his house. But now this is the thing which we will do to Gibeah. We will go up against it by lot. We will take ten men. Out of every hundred throughout the tribes of Israel, a hundred out of every thousand, and a thousand out of every ten thousand, to make provisions for the people, that when they come to Gibeah in Benjamin, they may repay all the vileness that they have done in Israel. Guys, this looks a little one-sided to me. (laughs) All of Israel has been sending through the book, have they not? Okay. But look what they said. We're going to make them repay for all the vileness that they have done. Verse 11. So all the men of Israel were gathered against the city, united together as one man. Okay. So everybody here is in agreement, right? That Gibeah is so wicked that they're going to march over and we're going to make you pay for it. We're making you pay for this. Forget the fact that 
All of them have been, we've been reading about all the stuff they've been doing throughout all the judges. They're all been doing terrible things. No, we're going to overlook ourselves and we're going to make the Benjamites pay for their wickedness. This is hypocrisy, guys. It really is. Something to me just doesn't smell right in this story so far. Judges 20 and 12. Then the tribes of Israel sent men through all the tribe of Benjamin, saying, What is this wickedness that has occurred among you? Now therefore, deliver up the men, the perverted men, who are in Gibeah, that we may put them to death and remove the evil from Israel. But the children of Benjamin would not listen to the voice of their brethren, the children of Israel. Instead, the children of Benjamin gathered together from their cities to Gibeah to go to battle against the children of Israel. Okay, my thought is, whoa, (laughs) wait a minute, just stop. The Israelites came to ask just for the men. They didn't come to fight the whole tribe. They said, just give us the guys. All they wanted was the perverted men who committed the crime. So why did the entire tribe line up to fight them? Why did the Benjamites do this? Because the Benjamites approved of what these men had done. Remember, when the men showed up, first they wanted the Levite priest. They wanted him. They didn't want her. They wanted him. But they're going to fight because they approved of what these men had done. And they wanted to defend their own right to continue to do it to more people. So now, we get the battle stats are going to get lined out for us. Judges 20 and 15. And from their cities at that time, the children of Benjamin numbered 26,000 men who drew the sword besides the inhabitants of Gibeah, who numbered 700 select men. Among all this people were 700 select men who were left-handed. Everyone could sling a stone at a hair's breadth and not miss. Now besides Benjamin, the men of Israel numbered 400,000 men who drew the sword. All of these were men of war. Then the children of Israel arose and went up to the house of God to inquire of God. They said, Which of us shall go up first to battle against the children of Benjamin? The Lord said, Judah first. Okay, now we just saw the numbers. we got the stats going on here. And the numbers do not fall into Benjamin's favor, do they? It does not fall. Uh, According to the numbers we had, Israel has 15 times the military force of the Benjamites. 15 times. That seems like a sure win, doesn't it? If you were going to invest on stats like this, would you go for it? I'd put all in, wouldn't you? (laughs) Looks pretty good in their favor. Everything looks real good for Israel here because back in verse 8, it says Israel arose as one man. One man, right? So they're all united together. Last week, or this past week, I met with the men at the barbecue place, and we talked about unity. How great unity is, strength and unity. So we saw all of Israel rise up as one man, all but one tribe. We saw 11, all but one tribe, right? So they're united together. And even better, what did they do in verse 18? It says they went to inquire of God. Now they've been worshiping false idols and all this stuff all this time. But now in verse 18, they asked the Lord what to do. Things are starting to look a little better. Here, because they're finally coming to to get back in line again after all these years of sin. So let's find out how it goes. Judges 20 and 19. So the children of Israel arose in the morning and encamped against Gibeah. 
And the men of Israel went out to battle against Benjamin, and the men of Israel put themselves in battle array to fight against them at Gibeah. Then the children of Benjamin came out of Gibeah, and on that day cut down to the ground 22,000 men of the Israelites. Here I go again. Wait a minute. Whoa. (laughs) What just happened? They lost 22,000 guys. And I thought Israel was getting back right with God again. They've been worshiping false idols, and now they turned, and they, they all got together, and they even asked God what to do. And they fell against a force that had 15 times less than they did? What happened here? Why did they get beat? Why? I'm going to answer that in just a bit. Judges 20 and 22. And the people, that is the men of Israel, encouraged themselves and again formed the battle line at the place where they had put themselves in array on the first day. Then the children of Israel went up and wept before the Lord until evening and asked counsel of the Lord, saying, Shall I again draw near for battle against the children of my brother Benjamin? And the Lord said, Go up against him. So the children of Israel approached the children of Benjamin on the second day. And Benjamin went out against them from Gibeah on the second day and cut down to the ground 18,000 more of the children of Israel. All these drew the sword. (sighs) Beaten again. That's twice. And they asked God what to do. Why did they lose 18,000 men on the second try? Didn't Israel do everything right? That's my question when I read this. I mean, you ever try to do something over and over and you fail every time? And you look at it and you go, God, I'm doing everything right. What's going on? That's the big question. Did they do everything right? And I'm going to tell you the answer is no, they did not. They did not do everything right. I want you to observe the text with me very, very carefully from here. We already saw Israel unite as one. And they asked the Lord what to do. Now, you'd think that's the way to do it, right? Now, a careful observation of the text will reveal that the only thing that Israel did in unity was to come and accuse Benjamin of their sin. That's all they did in unity, is to accuse. The 11 tribes have yet to confess their own sin before God. That's the easy part to miss. They have yet to confess their own sins. Israel was united only when it came to accusing someone else, but they were still divided before God. Did you notice that? Look at verse 22. I want to show you. It gives us specifics. It says, and the people, that is, the men of Israel. You see that? The Bible's specifying something. The people, that is, the men, the men of Israel. We're talking about just the men here. Where were the men? They were out to reform the battle line again. That's where the men were. They were right back out there doing the work. Oh, we got to go fight. Let's get out on the battlefield. But in verse 23 says, the children of Israel, that means everybody else. What did they do? They went and they wept before the Lord inquiring of what to do. The men are over here. Everybody else is over there. The only thing they did together was point their finger at Benjamin. Oh, Benjamin, you're going to pay. Well, who just paid now? Twice the 11 paid. After suffering one defeat already, the men should have been leading their families. 
Hello, men of America. The men should be leading their families. And I bang on that point so hard because we've got all our culture out there inundating us with this idea that you can't be men anymore. The men should have been leading their families. That's where they should have been. They should have been with their families, weeping before the Lord with them. They should have been inquiring of the Lord with them. The rest of Israel was humbled before God, but the men were not. They're out on the battlefield. They're out there trying to fix things their own way. Okay, I'm going to speak on behalf of men here for a minute. We men are fixers. When we see something broke, well, I got to get my toolkit and got to go out there with my bolts and my wrenches and I got to fix it and I got to do this stuff. We're having family time. Yeah, well, yeah, this thing's broke. I'll be there in a little bit. I got to fix this or what's going to happen, you know? And, and we just, we just go. We just do that. Well, these men are on the battlefield. There's something broke. We got, we got to go fix it. They're trying to fix it and fix it and fix it. God did not grant victory to Israel based on the children's weeping and inquiry. Because the men were neglecting their leadership roles. That's why they lost. They're not united. Again, the only thing they did together was they went and pointed their finger at Benjamin, the Benjamites. Now, we already had a problem in earlier in Judges. We had a problem with the men abandoning their leadership roles back in chapter 4. That is why God set up Deborah as the judge of Israel. The judge was kind of like the president of the United States. They ran it. They had executive powers and judicial powers and all that. Deborah, she was a judge of Israel. And the women always go, oh, yeah, Deborah, go, Deborah. Look, we had a, we had a woman in, uh, running Israel. The reason God set up Deborah to judge Israel is because the men were spineless. They were jellyfish. They weren't doing their job. And so God set Deborah up as a judge of Israel to shame the men into going, hey, what's this? That's, that's our job. God's like, yeah, get up and go do it. That was the point of Deborah. So we've already seen this problem before. And now Israel has lost twice because the men are not really doing what they're supposed to be doing, leading the people. But watch this. Now, y'all read carefully with me here. and Don't miss this. Judges 20 and 26. Then all the children of Israel. Did you see that? Who this time? All the children. You see that? Before we had, then just that is the men. Now we're seeing all the children. Okay, now we got something here. Then all the children of Israel, that is all the people, went up and came to the house of God and wept. They sat there before the Lord and fasted that day until evening. And they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. Okay, guys. Now we are cooking. Now we got everybody there. Everybody's doing this together. They're not just united to go out and accuse everybody else of their sins. Now they're united to weep before the Lord for their own sins. It's, oh, Benjamin, Benjamin. Now they're crying and weeping, fasting, giving offerings because of what they have done. What they have done their own sins. They're all being humbled before God. Guys, you ever been humbled before God? It hurts. It hurts. They just went through two losses. I've been through a lot of loss in my life. Some of us in here are going through loss right now. It gets you in a good, low place before God. It's actually good. Now, they're being humbled before God. 
Now, before the first defeat, let's think back. Before the first defeat, nobody wept. All they did was inquire. Nobody wept at all. And that defeat began the humbling process, the first defeat. Now, before the second defeat, again, only the families wept, not the men. The men are out there doing that little fix-it thing. The families inquired, and the second defeat humbled them yet again. The men neglected their spiritual leadership roles. And so with the men all trying to fight, all the rest of Israel, all they could do was weep and inquire of God. But now that the men are leading again, they are present to perform the work that God commanded the men to be doing. They are now there to do the work of burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. Did you see that? That's what the men were now doing. And you can tell that this work has inspired the people to fast and pray as well. So let me ask you, with the family order back in place, do you think they're going to win the next battle? (laughs) I think they're going to win. Well, I read ahead, Ray, so I know. Well, good for you. But (laughs) yes, now they got it in order. They're going to win. Judges 20 and 27. So the children of Israel inquired of the Lord. The Ark of the Covenant of God was there in those days. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, stood before it in those days, saying, Shall I yet again go out to battle against the children of my brother Benjamin, or shall I cease? And the Lord said, Go up, for tomorrow I will deliver them into your hand. Okay, (laughs) now look at that. The men are not neglecting their jobs. Everyone is humbled, and the Lord is being properly worshipped. That's what's different this time. Unity is restored, not for pointing the finger at someone else, but pointing the finger at themselves. Lord, I have sinned. I have sinned. Everyone's humbled. Unity restored. Order is now restored. And because of that, now their relationship with God is restored. And so this time, their inquiry comes with a different response, where the Lord says, tomorrow I will deliver them into your hand. Now they have a promise of victory. (laughs) I love it. You want a promise of victory? I think what this is telling me is I need to confess my sin before the Lord and get in order. Men, let's get an order. Lead your families. Don't neglect them. God has ordained a family order. And so now they're back in order, and they're going to do some good things. Judges 20 and 29. Then Israel set men in ambush all around Gibeah, and the children of Israel went up against the children of Benjamin on the third day and put themselves in battle array against Gibeah as at other times. So the children of Benjamin went out against the people and were drawn away from the city. They began to strike down and kill some of the people, as at the other times, in the highways, one of which goes up to Bethel and the other to Gibeah, and in the field about 30 men of Israel. And the children of Benjamin said, They are defeated before us, as at first. But the children of Israel said, Let us flee and draw them away from the city to the highways. So all the men of Israel rose from their place and put themselves in battle array at Baal Tamar. Then Israel's men in ambush burst forth from their position in the plain of Geba. 
and 10,000 select men from all Israel came against Gibeah, and the battle was fierce. But the Benjamites did not know that disaster was upon them. The Lord defeated Benjamin before Israel, and the children of Israel destroyed that day 25,100 Benjamites. All these drew the sword. Okay, now did you notice that this time, the third time, they're not fighting the same way that they tried the two times before? Remember the first two times before, they, or, or verse 30 says, uh, they, they got back into the exact same battle array that they had done the first two times. But this time they implemented a change. That's the big kicker. Now that their, their relationship is restored with God, now something different happened, didn't it? Oh, I'm telling you guys, when you have your relationships restored with God, you cannot and will not walk the same way you've always walked. You will change. And if you have not changed, I question your relationship with God in the first place. But they implemented a change. They added an ambush around the city of Gibeah. They made the Benjamites think that they were repeating the same old, same old, didn't they? (laughs) What this shows us is that Israel's newly restored relationship with God now comes with God's leadership. Now, they made the Benjamites think they were doing the same thing all over again, but they're now in order. They now have godly leadership. You know, getting godly leadership will cause you to think different than before. Judges 20 and 36. So the children of Benjamin saw that they were defeated. The men of Israel had given ground to the Benjamites because they relied on the men in ambush whom they had set against Gibeah. And the men in ambush quickly rushed upon Gibeah. The men in ambush spread out and struck the whole city with the edge of the sword. Now, the appointed signal between the men of Israel and the men in ambush was that they would make a great cloud of smoke rise up from the city, whereupon the men of Israel would turn in battle. Now, Benjamin had begun to strike and kill about 30 of the men of Israel, for they said, surely they are defeated before us, as in the first battle. But when the cloud began to rise from the city in a column of smoke, The Benjamites looked behind them, and there was the whole city going up in smoke to heaven. And when the men of Israel turned back, the men of Benjamin panicked, for they saw that disaster had come upon them. Therefore, they turned their backs before the men of Israel in the direction of the wilderness, but the battle overtook them, and whoever came out of the cities they destroyed in their midst. They surrounded the Benjamites, chased them, and easily, did you see that? Easily trampled them down as far as the front of Gibeah toward the east. And 18,000 men of Benjamin fell. All these were men of valor. Then they turned and fled toward the wilderness to the rock of Rimon, and they cut down 5,000 of them on the highways. Then they pursued them relentlessly up to Gidom and killed 2,000 of them. So all who fell of Benjamin that day were 25,000 men who drew the sword. All these were men of valor, but 600 men turned and fled toward the wilderness to the rock of Ramon and stayed at the rock of Ramon for four months. And the men of Israel turned back against the children of Benjamin and struck them down with the edge of the sword from every city, men and beasts, all who were found. They also set fire to all the cities they came to. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time 
unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.